The New Testament tells us that we are assured of our salvation. But does this mean that once we are saved, it doesn't matter what we do after that, how we behave, what we believe, how we treat other people, once we're saved, we're saved, end of story. That's a kind of enticing idea because it means we really don't have to put a lot of effort or thought into our Christian life moving forward. But the problem with this teaching is that it is not backed up by Scripture. Take the letter to the Hebrews, for example. Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians who were facing pressure from their Jewish brethren, family, community members to leave Christianity and go back to Judaism. And so the letter to the Hebrews explains why Christianity is the fulfillment of Judaism and how everything that they hope for in Judaism is found in Christ and in the gospel and in the life that he calls us to and the people he gathers together, and that's the church. And there's the warning. Take this seriously. Do not walk away from it. So in chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, we read, For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, that's the messengers of the Old Testament, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? So if breaking the old covenant of the law had such dire consequences, how much more so will breaking the new covenant of God's perfecting grace in Jesus Christ? Turning away from that covenant has consequences. It's not that you accept that covenant and you're good for the rest of your life. This is also a theme in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. In chapter 9, Paul writes, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest, when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul is comparing the Christian life to an athletic competition. Anybody who's ever been in sports or who's coached a team knows that it's not over till it's over. You have to play until the end. You have to be engaged until the end. And so there is no point in time when during the tournament, during the game, during the match, that you can say, okay, everything's fine. And this is what Paul is saying here. He's using this imagery. There's never a point where you can say, all right, I'm saved, all is good. Because, he says, I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection, which means that I address the, the sin that is so persistent in my life, particularly those habitual sins that I don't even put up a fight against. And I address these things, lest, Paul says, having preached this gospel of salvation to other people, I lose out on it. Which is to say, it is possible to have embraced the gospel, because Paul writes this long after the road to Damascus. It is possible to embrace the gospel, to embrace the salvation of Jesus Christ, and then to lose it. Again, in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, I declare to you, brethren, the good news which I preached to you, which also you accepted, in which you also stand, and you are saved by it, that is, 
if you hold firmly to the word which I preach to you. Otherwise, you believed in vain. You are saved if you hold firmly to the word, even if you believe initially, if you walk away from that belief, if you do not honor that belief in your life, it doesn't do any good. These verses would beg to differ then with this once saved, always saved ideology. Because don't forget, these words were written to and about believers, those who had already been saved. The assurance that we have in our salvation is that God has done everything that was needed to liberate us from the tyranny of sin and shame and death through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the assurance that we have, and the assurance that that salvation is always a possibility, that we can never out-sin the grace of God, that there's never a point where we hit a sin that is the quota, and God says, okay, that's it, you're done. The assurance we have is that on God's part, everything has been done for our salvation, and in that respect, we are saved. And certainly what God does for our salvation is infinitely greater than anything that we can do for our salvation, but that does not mean that we don't have anything to do and that it's not important, because this relationship is a covenant, and both sides must honor the covenant. God honors it through the saving work of His Son. We honor it by embracing this gift and living it out, unpacking it every day of our lives. Because if we are negligent in this work, we can walk away from this great salvation offered to us through Jesus Christ. We are saved, and that salvation is always assured to those who embrace the gospel and to take it seriously and to engage sincerely in the struggle to live out these precepts every day of their lives, every minute and every second, until they draw their final breath. And that's how the Orthodox Church understands salvation as a lifelong journey. And that's about it for me right now. Until next time, take care, and God bless.